want to start by saying that in every generation, God is always looking for people to use. One of the greatest prayers that a believer can pray therefore is God, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Many people want to be believers, but they don't wish to be used of God. They're using God, they don't like God using them. <laughs> I hope they're not present in church today. God wants to use all of us. And this house is a place where we have seen God use people from generation to generation. And there's no time that is utmostly convenient for me to surrender for God to use me. Every time there will be an excuse, there will be a reason why I cannot give my all or even give a part. But this morning, I want to challenge somebody as we go into the word of God, but God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Can you hear me look at your neighbor and say, God wants to use you? Yeah. And it's time that you practice what I call <laughs> dangerous surrender. Dangerous surrender. See, all the things I'm saying, I'm just talking about the spirit. This is not my message. So I'm, I'm just investing my time, the time I've been given, to challenge somebody here this morning. That it's time to practice dangerous surrender. In the factor of destiny, time is very crucial. Because time is given for the fulfillment of destiny. So when we keep postponing things and saying, I'm going to do better, I'm going to serve God more next year, two years' time, you know, and all that, you are missing out on something that is great. In the equation of destiny, time is the most critical factor. Most critical factor. It's time. 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 God is counting on you and I to invest time where? Especially in things that have eternal value and eternal consequence. Not everything. <laughs> Have, will, will gain value or have value in eternity. But the things that are valuable in eternity are things that we must invest into when we still have time in this side of the divide. So I'm just, I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I'm just speaking by the Spirit <laughs> that God is counting on you. He wants to use you and time is of essence. Time is of essence. Time is of, like I said, I'm just following God. If this word is for you, just pick it up. Pick it up and ask the right question. Ask the right question. Ask the right question. Because when God was speaking to Mary, yeah, and he says, I found you favor. I, 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 my favor is upon you. I'm going to use you. You carry, you carry <laughs> the savior of the world. Mary's question was a very relevant one. How shall this thing be, seeing that I know no man? And God said, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And if you are the person I'm speaking to this morning, you take this word seriously, the power of the Most High will come upon you. You will be wondering what happened to you. Yeah, because the gift of God in you will just rise. Yeah, and I know what I'm saying. 
So please listen to me very well. I know what I'm saying. The gift of God in you will rise to the occasion. You may be saying now, how shall this thing be, knowing that I know no man. But if you will submit yourself, the power of the most high will overshadow you. And before you know it, the question will be, is Joshua, is Tobey, is Emeka also one of the prophets? <laughs> like they ask about Saul. Is Saul also one of the prophets? Please watch out, because there shall be a performance. I said there shall be a performance. In the name of Jesus. Just let me tap your neighbor gently. Say, Pastor is talking about you. <laughs> Whatever the word is for, you'll receive it, but God is speaking. God is speaking. Time is of essence. Let's get into the word of God today. It's a great privilege for me to bring us God's word. I bring greetings from my wife. Uh, Bola, Bola will have been with me, but we had uh, this weekend, women's conference, you know. Uh, so, uh, in this, uh, they will be like in second service right now, and they're having women's Thanksgiving and all those kind of things. So, I, I yielded to say another time. <laughs> yeah, but the truth is that God blessed me with a very beautiful woman. And she's, she's not only beautiful, she also brings me joy. Yeah, she brings me joy. So, when you have joy and beauty living in your house, you are a blessed man. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Let's get into the word of God. It's not about me. It's about the God who has gathered us together. In the first service, we started out with a theme for this morning, which is dig ditches. Dig ditches. Dig ditches. And I added to it, I said, dig ditches, borrow vessels. Dig ditches, borrow vessels. And we started out on the premise. I want to do a quick recap. Three minutes recap. Listen to this and I'll jump into the second side of this message. Quick recap. On the premise that for you to walk by faith with God in the midst of crisis, in the midst of famine, hopelessness and frustration, you must recognize what makes our faith work. Such that, like the psalmist said, I think it's in Psalm 44 where David was saying, by you, O Lord, I can leap over a wall and I can run through a troop. There's an aspect of our faith work with God that must rest on a few things. And I emphasize two things in the first service. One is that we must understand that God has integrity and he has ability. We judge him faithful in every aspect of life. God comes through with his word. Genesis 21 and verse 1. God, the Bible says, showed up for Sarah. God confirmed his word. And the Lord visited Sarah as he has said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he has spoken. Is there a Sarah in this house? Listen to me today. God will perform what he has spoken to you. Yeah. God has integrity. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, far and above all that we can ask or think, uh, God has ability. He has ability. He has ability. He does not only have integrity, he has ability. You know, if I stand here right now, and I promise Pastor Dale, I'm going to give you a million dollars, you shouldn't believe it. Yeah. You shouldn't really believe it. 
because I may have to steal to get it for you. Yeah. <laughs> it means, you know, he will believe it half and half because I have integrity, but perhaps I don't have ability. <laughs> if it's one millionaire, he won't doubt it. But dollar, he will doubt it's small. And he will probably just try to see if he has banker friend to say, hey, let me check this man's account. Let's know if he has capacity to perform. I know he's a man of integrity, but capacity, I doubt. I doubt. Yeah. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. So a lot of the time when we approach God, imagine Pastor there praying and he's mistaking God for me. <laughs> he will struggle with his faith. Because he will be judging God, putting him side by side with me. How <laughs> somebody's following me today? We're spanshated on that in the first service that God has integrity, God has ability. And we said the second thing when it comes to our faith work, amongst many things, I'm just I just stopped at two in the first service, which is the second thing is an understanding of the demand or requirement you must fulfill to commit God to perform. So one is to understand that God has integrity and ability. The second one is to understand the obligation that I have to commit the God that has ability and integrity to perform. You know, we say God is omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's also omnipotent. It has all the, the potency and the ability in the world. But God is not everywhere actively. God is everywhere, but it's not everywhere actively. In a place where they know what to do to commit him to perform, is there actively. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. It's there actively. So, the big question, therefore, is that what must I do to commit God to perform consistently? Especially in the areas that are vital to destiny fulfillment. I must understand how to commit God to perform consistently in the areas that matter to destiny fulfillment. So when you read... Um, a text, 2 Kings chapter 3, from verse 16. The king of Israel, king of Judah, and the king of um, Edom, they came into one accord to fight the Moabite king, the king of Moab. It's, like I said in the first service, it's like, you know, like a boardroom gang up or whatever kind of situation that has serious economic implication because what they were fighting on was uh, um, dividends. <laughs> the king of Moab was supposed to be sending grains and different things to the king of Israel based on certain arrangement that subsisted during the days of Ahab. When Ahab died, the man reneged and said, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to send anything and, you know, and that's where the problem started from. And now, there was farming. The whole place was dry. They couldn't even get water to drink. And they wanted to fight the king of Moab. 
And the three kings came together and they had enough sense to say, look, is there a prophet in this land? So they went to meet Elisha the prophet. And Elisha looked at them and said, if not for the king of Judah, I won't even be talking to you people. This, this king of Israel has messed up so much. <laughs> Follow me. And then he said, bring me the mystery. And they played something. Yeah. And thank God for one nation. Thank God for the mistress in this church. Powerful people. Can we celebrate them? Can we celebrate them? You know, as they minister, God speaks. Inspiration is received. Destiny signals are transmitted. So this guy was ministering and Elisha got this word from the Lord. This is what you are going to do to commit God to perform. Kings, listen. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make the valley full of ditches. Dig ditches. Make the valley full of ditches. He said in verse 17, For you will neither see, For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, Nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, So that you, your cattle, And your animals may drink. I want you to follow this. There's always something to do to commit God to perform on your behalf. Something to do. Many people will want God to move, but they don't want to dig ditches. In this case, they needed water. And God said, your work, what you will do to commit me is to dig ditches. Overnight, by the time they woke up, there was no wind, no rain, but the, the ditches were filled with water. But you know, like I was chatting with Pastor here during the break, if they did not dig the ditches, even if God came through, it would have been a flood that may have wiped them out. That's why some people are sitting down this season and things are wiping them out because they're not digging ditches that will contain what God is sending. Yeah. What God is sending. Dig ditches. Tap your neighbor and say, dig ditches. Yeah. There's a time to dig ditches. Because God wants to fill every ditch that you, 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 you know, that you have been able to dig. He wants to fill it. He wants to fill it. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Somebody say, follow me today. And then we move to 2 Kings chapter 4. And that's where I'll continue the message from. 2 Kings chapter 4. In 2 Kings chapter 4, just like the prophet commanded them to dig ditches in 2 Kings chapter 3, which was how to commit God, in chapter 4, how to commit God in another situation changed. This situation was a dire strait for a woman, the wife of one of the sons of the prophet, whose husband died, a widow woman. And again, this woman cried to Elisha the prophet. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared God. And the creditors, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. Follow me carefully. Verse 2. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, 
your maid servant has nothing, nothing, nothing in the house but a jar of oil. In the first service, we declared the word of the Lord by encouraging everyone here that one of the things that you do to commit the God who has integrity and who has ability to perform on your, on your behalf is that you must recognize your seed. And there's always something around you that God wants to use. We said money is a kind of seed, but money is not the only seed that is available. Indeed, but the main problem that most people have is that they undermine their seed. They underestimate their seed. The things that God wants to use, they feel they are the things that they are ashamed of sometimes. I mean, what do you want to do with five loaves and two fish when there are 5,000 men, not counting women and children? Maybe 15,000 people. What do you want to do with five loaves and two fish? But the God of this mystery says if you can put your five loaves and two fish on the table, it's enough for me. Yeah. It's enough for me. It's enough for me. Whatever you do that you are doing under grace, if you don't want to come under undue pressure, please always recognize that God will not ask you for what you don't have. He's always asking for what you have, not what you don't have. It's a kingdom mystery. I mean, I can, I, I, I can take you through the Bible in a sweep. God has never asked anyone for what they don't have. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. Paul admonishing the New Testament. He said, whatever a man has, not according to, not grudgingly, as of necessity. He said, let every man give. Just as you have in the Old Testament. Whether you're talking to a Moses. God said, what do you have in your hand? It's a rod. He said, drop it. That rod that Moses has been carrying everywhere, using to chase sheep all over the place, that same rod mesmerized the magicians and the astrologers in Egypt. What of if he thought the rod was useless? David confronted Goliath, 1 Samuel 17, at the valley of Elah. All David had was a sling. That was all. They brought the armor of Saul. This will not work for me, David said, because God does not need to reach out to Saul to use me. Yeah, if I'm the one that God wants to use in this situation, there's something in me, something around me, something on me that God can use. All David needed to do was to look around for five smooth stones, and he don't sell stones. He just picked them up. Just picked them up, and he already had his sling. If David can win an international battle, this is not a local battle. Goliath was not a Jew, was a Philistine. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an international battle. If he can win an international battle and he didn't have to scratch or, or scrape and look for something that does not exist, because the scripture says, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than that which you can bear. In every temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may bear it. There's something in your house. There's something around you. There's something in you. There's something around you that God can use. In the situation in any city, any nation of the world, please don't look too far. There's something in you. There's something around you that God wants to use. Something that God wants to use. I cannot overemphasize that. 
It's a kingdom mystery. Something around you. I remember the story of the kids. I don't know which country, maybe Uganda or something. They were dancing like this, three or four kids. They sent their clips on social media. It's just that dance that God will use to announce them to their world. From there to America, God's talent. From there to dancing, uh, doing choreography for Beyonce. They flew them to America. Have you, have you read their story before? And somebody will say, it's just dance. Eh, it's just dance. It's just dance. Yeah. It's just dance. It's just dance. What, what is the just that you have? It's just this. Because the woman said nothing but a jar of oil. Nothing. All I'm asking in this service and today, by God's grace, is take the nothing out. Yeah. What do you have in your house? Remember, I carry grace. There's something around me. There's a five loaf and two fish. The only way I've been able to escape pressure as a pastor is to understand God is not expecting me to feed 5,000. He just wants my five loaves and two fish. If I drop it, it's enough for him. Yeah. So when I show up, I just want to make sure that I have five loaves and two fish. <laughs> and let him put his hand upon it and use it the way he wants to use it. Tell your neighbor, stop the pressure. I say, stop the pressure. Just come with your five loaves and two fish. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. And we said a lot more in the first service, so get the tape. Oh, they, they, I was still saying tape. That's, it means I'm old. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we got saved, it was tapes. But life has moved on. <laughs> Can't even remember the last time I saw one. All right, so get, get the message anyhow, somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and listen, watch, YouTube, whatever. Let's move on. When you talk about, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, when you talk about seed, the mystery of the seed is not complete without the mystery of the space. To commit God maximally, we discover our seed, we focus on our seed, but we trust him to lead us to our space or grant us space. So when you read 2 Kings chapter 4, let's go back there quickly, media, 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 2, it says, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house. The woman, she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse 3, quickly. Verse 3. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. Say globally. Say go borrow vessels from all your neighbors. From everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. I've come to announce to somebody, to TPH this morning, don't gather just a few. I know that Naira dollar rate has crashed. I know that many things, inflation is high, unemployment is high, but scripture says, don't gather just a few. When you discover what God wants to use around you, your next instruction is to find space. Dig ditches, borrow vessels. Say, signal to somebody that one of the ways to provoke the hand of God is to create space for him to fill. Yeah. 
to create space for him to fail. The first tangible instruction of the covenant. Genesis chapter 12, the covenant with Abraham has to do with space, location, space or location. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, God spoke to Abraham, come out of your, the place where you are, go to a place that I will show you. Out of your family, the place where you have been used to. Go to a place that I will show you. That's why today, I won't, uh, you know, begrudge anyone who decides to japa. The only thing is that you have to japa with revelation. Yeah. Not by reaction, but by revelation. It's not like they sacked you and you just said, I'm leaving Nigeria. That's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> if you lose your job, then ask God, what is next? Yeah. <laughs> What is next may not be in London or Canada. If you go without God sending you, if you japa, you japa that. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> just a matter of time. Because frustration has a way of sending people. Remember Ruth chapter 1? Elimelech left Bethlehem for Moab. Japa? Yeah. And in that Moab, Elimelech died. Malon died. Shilon died. And then Naomi had enough sense. Let's Jakarta. Let's go back to Bethlehem, the place of bread. <laughs> and it was in that Bethlehem that Naomi gained notoriety so that we know them, we know the story today. Because her daughter-in-law then married Boaz and then they came into the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, God can turn your mess into a message. But why create the mess in the first instance? When you can just follow him and refuse to live by reaction, live by revelation. Yeah, live by revelation, live by revelation. Live by revelation. Glory to Jesus. I said glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. To enjoy increase and fruitfulness, you need speed and space for the expression of your seed. That's why the prophet told the woman, what you have in your house is enough. But go gather vessels. Go borrow vessels. Go borrow vessels. From the womb to the tomb, Humans are created to look for space. Space is important for the fulfillment of destiny. When there's contention for space in the womb, we call it fibroid or some kind of thing growing to contend for space. And the life of a child can be threatened. Yeah. So right from the womb, the devil has a way of contending for space with human beings. Just create something out of nothing that will contend for space. Contention for space has brought most of the wars that humanity has fought. Currently now, our world has two notable wars. Ukraine and Palestine. And both of them are contention for what? I cannot hear you. Yeah. Space, ladies and gentlemen, is a very, very critical factor for destiny fulfillment. The devil knows that, he understands it. So when God gives instructions like dig ditches, create space for me, or borrow vessels, the devil doesn't like such instructions. He will do anything to stop you from putting your seed in the right space. Space is needed for the fulfillment of destiny. Like I said, human beings are always looking for space. Always looking for space. Always looking for space. Always looking for space. And space is not just physical space. There are people listening to me today who lack mental space to incubate divine ideas. 
Because you have all kinds of things blocking your mind <laughs> from being able to pick up divine signals and incubate divine ideas. By the time you have three people on your mind who annoyed you that you have refused to forgive and let go, you are cooperating with the devil to take charge of your mental space. God needs that space. He wants to breathe on it and put seed of divine ideas on that space. You know, one of the reasons why you need to forgive people is to create space for God. <laughs> Let people go. Yeah, create space for God. See, when, when you are romancing unforgiveness, you are inadvertently decapitating your destiny. Yeah, because there's no space. <laughs> there's no space to incubate <laughs> destiny matters. How can you wake up in the morning and the most prevalent thing on your mind is how you're going to deal with somebody? <laughs> and before you know it, you have three people you are planning how to deal with. You can't make progress that way. Yeah. You can't make progress that way. Some people are even finding it too difficult to sleep. There's no space for rest. And it's only the wicked man that the Bible says will not rest. So if you are not wicked, create space. Tap your neighbor and say, create space. <laughs> create space. Create space. What about the womb of your spirit? God wants us to create space in the womb of our spirit. There are many people miscarrying destiny today, like Esau. In Hebrews chapter 12, when you read verse 14, 15, and 16, the Bible describes Esau as a profane man and an adulterer who for a morsel of bread sold his birthright and he cried for it later, but he couldn't get it. But what happened was, you know, the womb of his spirit not being able to accommodate and incubate destiny matters to the point where he can realize value and pursue value. So he demeaned his birthright because of lack of capacity to process. May the Holy Spirit breathe upon you today. May he free your mind for destiny fulfillment. Well, oh, I cannot get a good amen to that. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So I need you to follow me very carefully. Because this word is prophetic for some people here. Yeah. Go borrow vessels. Dig ditches, borrow vessels. God gives seed. Man is to pursue space. You know in that place, it didn't say, go borrow oil. It said, go borrow vessels. The oil is enough. What you have is enough. The seed around you is always enough. The only thing that we need to pursue is the space, is the space, is the space, is the space. It's to contend for space and make sure that destiny is not limited. Psalm 24 told us that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. I tell them in our church, if the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that is within it and you are a child of God, minimum in every city where God has planted you, at least release your faith for one hectare of land. Or maybe one acre. 
Somebody will say, it's not, it's not going to be enough if everybody's doing that, pastor. Is that not selfish? Are you everybody? Yeah, Jesus paid to get you into covenant with God, a covenant with God. Am I speaking to somebody in this house today? There are many things that God wants to do, but the reason why God is not able to do them in the life of his people is because of lack of space. Lack of space. People are struggling to recognize their seed, but even people who have recognized their seed are struggling for space. And I need somebody to understand this today. <laughs> that space matters have changed. Space has shifted. Space is not the same thing that we used to think space is. It's not the same. Today, you have all kinds of space that have been created. Space now speaks to platforms of expression. Platforms of expression. Let me show you something that I believe for many people here, it may just be a nice discovery. There's a guy on YouTube called Mr. Beast. Listen to me carefully. He has perhaps maybe the highest number of subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. I told them to help me get his stuff to put it on the screen. Mr. Beast has 203 million subscribers on YouTube. The highest grossing celebrity Nigerian probably has like 3 million subscribers on YouTube. And YouTube is not, it's not your mates. It's not Instagram or Facebook. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not the same. This place is space yeah, that has been created. This guy, <laughs> all he does is to obey the principle I'm teaching right now. And he's stupendously rich. What does he do? Every week, Mr. Beast is giving out something. And whatever he gives out is where he generates the next video. When you look at all those things there, you know, everything that you see there that has money with it, it's possible that Mr. Beast gave it out. Yeah. The vacation home, you know, the 250K, every week, is that giving 500K, $1 million, $2 million, 250K, and because people love things, they follow him and somebody will receive that thing. But each of those videos gross over 100 million views. So YouTube will have to return his money in multiple fold. Is somebody waking up to what I'm talking about? Yeah? Yeah. And it's just a principle of my seed and my space. That's all Mr. Beast is doing. Now, listen to this. Mr. Beast may not know Jesus personally, but perhaps he understands the principles of Jesus. Because there's a difference between knowing the person of Jesus and living in the principles of Jesus. And those of us who know the person of Jesus, we take the principles of Jesus for granted. Because we think that because we know him, whether we obey his principle or not, it will come true for us. But the Bible says, God has highly exalted his word above his name. 
Name there talks about relationship. Word talks about principles. That's highly exalted his word above his name. So the people who only pursue the relationship and neglect the principles in this head, they may not even fear as good as the people who pursue the principles without his name, without knowing him. Now, how sweet will it be to combine both and combine it delicately because you will then maximize the principles that govern the universe and then you have eternity to inherit. What a beauty. Somebody stay with me today. Very important. I'm just, I just gave that example to signal somebody that space has been redefined. Now I know that people here who are looking for stores on Admiralty Way, looking for stores on Adesokumbadimola, looking for stores, you know, in different highbrow places. May the Lord grant your heart desire. Oh, there are not plenty in church today. Yeah. <laughs> there are people looking for, you know, just office space. But you know COVID came and redefined office space. <laughs> office space has been redefined. I'm just speaking to somebody today that space remains space, but it's being redefined in our world today consistently. Do you know how many people break into their next level just using, utilizing the, the current space of this age, new media, very well? Some people will just pick up their phone early in the morning and they're doing live this thing. And before you know it, people are looking forward to it the next morning. Before you know it, they're getting celebrity status levels has changed it's, it's a seed to say i can talk i can engage i can describe something yeah i can do anything that i like and there's space available and this space is not in contention so i use it that's the new world we're living in ladies and gentlemen but there's nothing new under the sun from the days of elisha he has been given the instruction by the Spirit of God. What do you have in your house? What can you do? In the first service, I described the life of Rebecca and how she served so well and it was a seed that opened the heart of the servant of Abraham. That's how Rebecca got in to marry Isaac. What's, what's, what's your seed? And what space are you putting it in? Somebody say with me today. Very, very important. What's your seed? What space are you putting it in? It's very, very, very important. Because it's from there that God is compelled. So, but on to note that space is useless without seed. But seeds are also useless without space. They have to work together. Yeah. Space is useless without seed. But seed is also useless without space. So after you have recognized your seed, <laughs> locate your space. Go borrow vessel. What vessel do you have to borrow this year? This remaining two and a half months or so of this year. What vessel do you have to borrow? What vessel do you have to borrow? That's why we're having this discussion. That's why this is prophetic for somebody. For somebody here, the new vessel that you need to borrow may be an academic qualification. You have been mounting this 
master's degree or PhD. Eh? The child that they gave birth to, when you started talking about it, You know they don't award a degree for planning to go to school. It's until you step in. Yeah. And you sit tight. And you occupy space there. That's when degree comes. Tap your neighbor say, go borrow vessels. So whether it's an academic vessel, whether it's a social vessel, whether it's a spiritual vessel, there's a vessel for you to borrow. For a business person listening to me, the next vessel you may need to borrow may be a partnership that will take your business to the next level. There's nothing that says it's the only will, the only will of God is that this business must only bear your name. It can be this and that, TLC, Procter and Gamble. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be Procter only. If we need Gamble. To get to the next level, bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. In Acts 13 at the church at Antioch, they said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. God joins people together. Yeah. It's about borrowing vessels. If your bullet fits my gun, let's work together. <laughs> we'll be firing on all cylinders. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. There's no point carrying bullets when you don't have a gun. <laughs> yeah, you just you don't be carrying bullets in your pocket for nothing, because people who have divine ideas, all kinds of seed, no space. Yeah, and God wants to. He said, "Go borrow vessels." Yeah, this woman, <laughs> all she had was a jar of oil. And you see, in the kingdom of God, listen to this, in the kingdom of God, we don't pour from a tanker into cups. We pour from cups into tanker. Yeah. It's a kingdom mystery. Yeah. That's why kingdom mysteries don't make sense. You don't pour from a tanker. You know, normally, in normal world, you carry your tanker, 33,000 liters, and you go everywhere, you'll be pouring this one, the prophet said, go borrow vessels. And he didn't limit it. If you have, you know, heavy badges, borrow them. See this thing. I, 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 I wish I had time. You know that when the woman started to, 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 to the sons to go everywhere. I'm telling somebody this season, this is a time where you need to get on as many space as God will open up to you. Yeah. Push yourself out as a freelancer. Do whatever you need to do, but don't stop because you are committing the integrity and the ability of God the moment you create space for him to feed. Are you still listening to me today? This woman, by the time she started gathering vessels, gathering vessels, all they were doing was pouring from that small pot, that jar, into. And the Bible says that that thing did not stop until there was no more vessel. There are people who come to church every Sunday waiting for God to give them a tanker. And God said, what you have is enough. All I need is for you to get more space. Yeah. Create partnerships. Create synergy. Get on a platform. Give expression to what you have. It's very simple but very profound. Yeah. 
For somebody here, go borrow vessels, maybe get, get more technical expertise. Yeah. You know, there's a season and a time in someone's business that if you are going to be the only one that hands the highest in your business, you, you may become the undoing of that business. Because somebody may do a three-month contract on your business, you will hand what you are handing for the whole year, but by the time the person finishes, your business has moved to the next level. So borrowing vessels is also to acquire staff, acquire skills. Yeah. The Bible says God is a God who, <laughs> who calls a ravenous bird from the east and the man that executes his counsel from a far country. Somebody, I'm speaking to you prophetically. It's time for your business to look for, you know, expatriate staff anywhere in the world that can deliver on divine mandate for the current time. Yeah. Don't care whose name is mentioned. Just make sure you are building a legacy. Because after it's all said and done, they know you are the root of it. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to show up. Things are just happening. Things are just happening everywhere. Things are just happening everywhere. 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 The woman sent her son. She didn't show up. Just sent her son to go and be borrowing vessel. Everywhere. And they were bringing it in. And the oil did not cease. The oil did not cease. I remember preaching for a friend of mine many years ago. And God just, God just gave me a word like this. This was in Toronto. God gave me a word like this. This was 2017 or so. And I started to speak by the Spirit about space. And the church was in this location then. A small location. Today, as, as I speak to you, by the Spirit of God, God confirmed this word. That church, and I speak to you the truth and I lie not, is perhaps... The largest single congregation of an immigrant-led church in the whole of Ontario province. Yeah. The auditorium where they occupy right now is <laughs> as big as where we are. Yeah. So multiple warehouses that were jammed together. And while we were speaking in 2017, it was just like this segment. And the pastor came to meet me after the service. I said, you see that word that you gave about space? He said, I believe in it. And I believe God brought you here to speak into our life. A few years later, I was visiting Toronto. I wasn't even printing for them. I was printing somewhere else. The man got me to go and visit the new place they just got. It was still a bare warehouse there. And it was like, see what the Lord has done. But you know the funny thing about space? God just has a way of feeling it. Especially when you go, not on your own strength, but with the power of God. Oh, I, 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 I'm just speaking by the Spirit here today to blow somebody's mind. Because there's a platform that God is creating for you. I said there's a platform that God is creating for you. There's a platform that God is creating for you. There's a space that God is creating for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I said there's a space that God is creating for you. As I start to learn, let me, let, me just, let me just cement this thing and get somebody to understand this so that when you get home today, I, I will be happy if you will not be able to sleep tonight and you just be praying in tongues until you see your next space. 
until God opens your eyes to your next platform. Isaiah 54, when you read from verse 1 to 3, somebody is here who has complained, who has said all kinds of things about Nigeria. But see what God said in Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren! You have not born. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of a married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, glory to Jesus, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lending your cord, strengthen your stake, for you shall yet expand to the right and to the left. Your descendant will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. How can the God that we serve be instructing a barren woman to sing and not just to sing stretch out create space because somebody as you're listening to me right now what's in your mind is pastor if you know what's going on around me uh, all this message this message is entering voicemail uh, because uh, it's not for people like us how can God call the prophet Isaiah to a barren woman and say, Sing, O barren. For more are the children of desolate than the children of a married woman. Said, Do not spare. Lend in your cord. Strengthen your stake. Expand. Yeah. Expand, don't contract. Expand, don't contract. As we're closing what night service last year, December 31st. God gave me a word. Expand, don't contract. Expand, don't contract. Expand, don't contract. A guy was giving me, himself and his wife, giving me a testimony two weeks ago. I was in the city of Houston. The guy walked up to me after the service in a church in Houston. and said, Pastor, tomorrow, I'm taking you to my new project here in Houston. He's into real estate here. I've known him in church for a few years. He said, this is my wife. When we left what night service on December 31st, when we got to my wife reminded me, remember what pastor said, expand, don't contract. He said, you've had it on your mind to expand this business outside of Nigeria. We're going out. We're going to the U.S. Call it long story short. They get, got um, some kind of maybe business visa or something to resettle the entire family. On Monday, just two weeks ago, before I left Houston on Tuesday morning, they drove me to this parcel of land, somewhere around Sugarland. This young man is building 50 units, yeah, of multifamily homes in that place. <laughs> and I was looking at him because I knew when he started his business. I've mentored him for a few years. I said, uh -huh. is this what God is doing? I said, yes. He said, expand, don't contract. He said, we stood on that word. And today, this is October. It's just the last 10 months. If I want to explain to you how God did it, I may not be able to explain fully. But he said, Pastor, we enjoyed favor. He said, Pastor, can you imagine that the mayor of this city was the one tutoring me on how to package my proposal? 
for everything that happened. He said, I went, I, I got the opportunity to meet with the mayor. The mayor sat me down and he brought his paper and pen and was writing things and was taking out things. You know, you're going to do this. This is what you, when the bankers are talking to you, this is what you tell them. <laughs> A white man, mayor. <laughs> he said, no, no, don't talk like that. He said, let's value everything. Anybody you meet now, you tell them, this is the value of my investment in this city. <laughs> so just tell them, I'm investing $20 million in this city. Mayor was tutoring him. <laughs> when he was talking to me, I was just laughing. What about if they refuse to believe it? Yeah. So, what about if you refuse to believe everything I've said today? You'll still be in Christ. You'll still come to church. The only thing is that you'll be behind in destiny fulfillment. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet, everybody. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Say, Father, open my eyes to see the space that you have created for me. Open my eyes to see the appropriate platform for the expression of your gifts over my life. Say, open my eyes to see the space that you have created for me. Open your mouth and begin to pray to Jesus right now. Just speak to him right now. Speak to him right now. Speak to him right now. It's time to dig ditches. It's time to borrow vessels. To borrow from everywhere. Vessels available in the Arab world. In the Middle East. Vessels available in North America. Vessels available in England. Vessels available all over Europe. All kinds of vessels. All kinds of opportunities. All kinds of spaces. I'm not writing myself off. I'm not writing myself off. I qualify for a new platform. Somebody speak to God today. Speak to God today. Speak to God today. Speak to God today. Whatever may be blocking spaces for the expression of my destiny. Right now, somebody speak against whatever blocks space, whatever diminishes space. In the name of Jesus, Every opportunity, every platform, digital, physical, emotional, spiritual, I command an opening. 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 The scripture says, whatever the soul of your feet shall tread upon is given to you as an inheritance. Ye pronde ne kete kende ra grondo kelekete chatu preday we receive grace to to gather verses grace to gather verses 
grace to dig ditches. Grace to gather vessels. Grace to dig ditches. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. There's a space that you must occupy. That will make you commit God to perform on your behalf. In 1 Samuel 17, David woke up one morning. He was just at home with his father. The father looked at David and said, I'm sending you on errand. I want you to go to the valley of Elah. There's a global war. International chaos that's happening there. But all that you're supposed to do there is to deliver food. For this purpose, you are Uber it. Just go and deliver food. Deliver to your brothers and give to their supervisor so that they won't die quickly. They won't put them where they will get fired. That was David's assignment. But David got to the valley of Ella, carrying, you know, bread, drink, fish, and all that on a seemingly mundane assignment. Listen to this. But when he got to the valley of Ella, Goliath of God was standing, roaring across the valley. The army of Israel was mortified. On one spot, shivering. The king was confused. But it was David's platform or space for his seed. When David got to the valley of Ella, he could join them also, shivering and shaking. <laughs> he could just deliver the food quickly and run away before Goliath gets angry. <laughs> but something in him woke up. Something woke up inside him to say, this is your platform, David. This is your platform, David. This is your space, David. This is your space, David. That thing was what made him ask the question, what shall be done for the man who can bring down this? Ah, they said, hey, we heard in the, you know, in the rumor mill that whoever brings down this guy will never pay taxes again. You will marry into royalty. Marry the daughter of the king. When you marry the daughter of the king, some things come to you readily. You won't pay taxes again. Many things will happen. David said, okay, if that's the case, there's a confirmation that this is my platform. This is my platform. This is my platform. This is my platform. And while they were still talking to him, somebody has gone to announce him. King, there's a small boy here who says he can do this thing. Since there's nobody, maybe we should try him. <laughs> Let's just try him. <laughs> See, the king that was, you know, Saul, 
He was the tallest. You understand? You remember when Saul was chosen? The Bible described him. But David was a small boy with all his armor. He lost confidence in himself. He gave his armor to a small boy. David even said, I don't need your armor. I carry seed. My seed is my sling. Yeah. Everything I need is around me already. The one that is not on me is around me. Around my space. Yeah. Five smooth stones he gathered. David took over the platform. Let me put a picture quickly as we pray. This was the Philistines changed the rule of the game. It was supposed to be army to army. No, they said, no, bring your champion. We'll bring our champion. Yeah. See, that one decision created space for David. One decision. May there be a policy, a decision in this nation, in the nations of the earth, in your industry, that will create a platform for you for this season. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will think the decision will work against you, but it will work for you. In the name of Jesus, Philistines thought, if we can put Goliath out, we'll finish them. Nobody will be able to face Goliath. That one decision was a platform for David. May you recognize your platform. Uh, may you step up to your platform. May your space no longer be in contention. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may God open your eyes to see your platform. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody, this new week, you may wake up and the first thing you see is a debit alert that is almost throwing your account, you know, out of balance. Don't despair. Just tell yourself, I carry seed. And I'm walking into my space. <laughs> I'm walking into my space. I'm walking into my space. Because when you step into your space, you see, David <laughs> walked into that valley. Only two of them in the valley. What a platform. What a platform. What a platform. What a platform. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Say, Father, order my steps. Open my eyes to see my platform. Order my steps to my platform. Open my eyes to see my platform. Pray that prayer. Just like it happened for David. A man that woke up as an errand boy. But he saw a platform. <laughs> he saw it. God used his father to send him on errand. The errand became a platform that will introduce him to royalty. And that will grant his portion to him forever. I will no longer run away from platforms that will expose my destiny. I will no longer run away from platforms that will perfect my destiny. I will no longer run away from platforms that will bring me into royalty. I will no longer run away from platforms. Somebody who is here, who is overwhelmed, pray to God today. That overwhelming feeling is leaving you. In the name of Jesus, when you show up like David, you will not be overwhelmed in the name of the Lord Jesus you will no longer be overwhelmed you will no longer be overwhelmed that contract is not too big for you that position is not too big for you I 
I speak into your life today. I declare your steps are ordered. Your eyes are open. You will walk into a new platform. You will recognize a new platform. Nothing will overwhelm you. Nothing will hold you back. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, can I have two minutes? Yeah, just two more things I need to do quickly. One, the prayer, the Holy Spirit just reminded me the prayer we prayed in the first service. Genesis 26. The Bible says in verse 12 that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. See the principle of seed there again. The Lord blessed him. And the, verse 13, and the guy became very great. He began to prosper, continue prospering until he became very prosperous. Somebody, you are in between that thing. Prosper, prospering, very prosperous. <laughs> but you are shifting level. Some people are not ready here. <laughs> but you know what happened there? The Bible described his possession in the next verse. For he had possessions of herds of a great number of servants and the Philistines envied him. The moment God starts to put you on platforms, envy will come. Yeah. When David brought down Goliath, he maximized the platform full time. The next thing, women started to sing his praises. David has blocked down his 10,000, saw 1,000. A whole king. That's how trouble started. Saul became very envious and made up his mind, I'm going to take this guy out. I want, to, I want us to pray this last prayer. Whoever wants to take you out, Whatever envy is coming from. Whatever animosity is coming from. Whatever contention is coming for your space. The devil contends with space. As we are speaking right now, I don't know where, where you are on the matter, but they are fighting over Palestine right now. Yeah. <laughs> they are fighting over Ukraine and spaces right now. Uh, the devil is always contending for space. Lift your two hands to Jesus right now. You are going to take away the hand of the devil. You are going to break the hold of envy. Whatever wants to rob me of my God-given space this season, I break its hold. In the name of Jesus, I want you to speak right now. Speak with authority. Speak with authority. Speak with precision. Somebody you already sense a contention on a particular space already. Speak concerning it right now. Break the hold of envy. Break the hold of enmity. Break the hold of contention. Come on, pray right now. Pray right now. Pray right now. But somebody here, God is raising, raising a Jonathan for you. Somebody who, 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 who will protect you from the effect of envy. But for Jonathan, Saul will have taken David out. He threw a javelin at him at close range. Almost killing him. I don't know who you are today. Uh, but anyone under the influence of my voice whose life is already marked 
I decree and declare every evil mark is removed. You are no longer going to be a target in the name of Jesus. Anyone that has been targeted, every arrow will miss you in the name of 